Hello, my name is Ricky Grove, and I am leading CompletelyMachinima.com for the month of November 2022. I'm here with my pals Tracy Harwood and Damian Valentine. Hey, guys. We're missing Phil. Um, He got in a fight with a hurricane, unfortunately, and he has very limited internet access. We miss you, and we hope you'll be back with us in December, Phil. All right, uh, uh, I'd like to make the point the news has moved to the blog. Tracy, thank you for your hard work on putting together the blog notes and all of that. It's not an easy thing to do, but you'll find interesting news uh, there. The stories that we would have done a full episode on are uh, uh, part of the blog. Uh, we'll be putting links on our Facebook page uh, so you can find out more about it. Um, now we're going through uh, uh, new films. I've done my pick. Tracy's done hers. Now we're going to see what Damien came up with. Damien, you have two choices, sort of a major one and then sort of a special recommendation. Why don't we do the major one first? What's your choice? Uh, uh, this is, I wasn't actually looking for a pick when I came across this. And it was, a, it was shared on Twitter, of all places. Um, huh. uh, it's called The Remnants, and it's made with a combination of Character, uh, religion's character creator, uh, for obvious reasons, what that was used for, and uh, Unreal Engine 5 for the um, actual animation and, and rendering. Um, it's a very unusual pick because there's no dialogue in the entire film. Um, ah. um, but it still tells a very effective story. You don't need the dialogue to understand exactly what's going on. Um, it's kind of like this. There's always some kind of post-apocalyptic events happened and it deals with someone who's survived, whatever that is, because the film doesn't elaborate on it. Um, and she runs into someone else who's obviously survived and is trying to uh, make the most of the situation. And it's kind of split into three parts. Where there's the kind of a bleakness bit, there's a hope, and then there's a, what happens at the end, which I'm not going to... Uh, elaborate on because I don't want to give any spoilers. Yeah, let's not spoil it at all at the end. No, no, no. But uh, that's the three act section. I think it works uh, quite nicely for the story that was being told there. It was stunningly animated and uh, rendered, um, and the characters look great. Which is obviously, with the uh, character creator, that's quite easy to do. And I believe there's some motion capture was done for the uh, actual animation. Um, yeah, I just I watched it. I thought this is going to be my pick for the day, even though I wasn't even looking for it, and I came across it. So you know, it's a happy accident there. So what do you guys think? Oh boy, was it good! I just loved it. I was unexpected. I'm a sucker. First off, I'm a sucker for anything that's post-apocalyptic. Um, I've I've loved that ever since the I was old enough to watch movies based on that. Um, Alas, Babylon on the beach by Neville Shute just endless about the last man on earth that great uh, uh vincent price movie um i just love the whole idea of everything of, of all of this that we're a part of all this organized culture gone and what how people respond to that now there there have been some really terrific stories told about this and um not a lot of them have been incredibly creative uh, because the stories are so uh, traditional, you see the same kinds of things and kinds of reactions, but there are new ways to make them fresh. And that's what I thought uh, Stan Patrick, the director did, is he made 
even though the situation and how it turns out is familiar, he was able to make it new enough so that you put that aside and you got involved in the world and the people, especially with the empathy, with no dialogue. It puts the focus on the character's facial expressions and body motions and the acting, basically, the puppeteering of the thing. And I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, all of the elements came together to create a compelling story that moved me and made me sad in many ways and and excited. And again, I'm, I'm a veteran of this kind of stuff, so that's a hard thing to do. But the, the, the look of the place, the changing quality of lighting in it, the, the expressions on the faces in particular, uh, when this woman who's starving encounters this person in the forest at a forest fire, at a forest uh, at a campfire, um, the person is looking at a photo. And if you look closely, you can see that it's a photo of a woman and you get the feeling that there's this sense of loss that maybe this person lost them in, in this holocaustic, this, this apocalyptic event that occurred and is moody about it. And his first is very defensive, but then relents. And in that relent, you see this sort of smile come across the person's face as if it's nice to meet somebody else. Those sort of little touches really made the difference in the movie. Um, and the uh, again, it was a motion capture by Xsense, um uh, and the combination of the two just was so effective. Uh, I, I was really taken by this this film, and I'm so glad you picked it. It was quite moving. Mm, I agree with you, Ricky, actually. Um, first of all, I think this film was um, part of Real Illusion's pitch and produce program. Oh. Um, that you may recall we talked about a, a few months ago. So it's really great to see, actually, some of the work that's come out of that. Um and great that Real Illusion um, are supporting creators too. Um, yeah, so I was, I was really pleased that. to see that. Yeah, good one. Um, now, this film for me had all the hallmarks of an Eastern European style that we've talked about before. Mm. Um, do you remember Irradiation um, uh -huh. that yeah. we reviewed? Ironically, we reviewed it as part of last year's Halloween pick. <laughs> oh. Um, and also at the same time, we we I think we talked about, do you remember The Ship? by Medellin. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. It had shades of that. Uh, they're both of those sort of films for me. Um, now, as you sort of said, it, it portrays the aftermath of some sort of terrible, you kind of get the sense of a global disaster. And it says in the film, 2,000 days after it happened. 2,000 days. Um, and apparently the central character is called Victor. Uh, and he is wandering aimlessly around the forest, seemingly waiting to die starving um, yeah. yeah hallucinating and, and at one point falls unconscious and wakes up to see something he seems to have been dreaming about um and it's a uh, fire and someone sitting by um by the fire and now interestingly i think it, it, it is actually the fire that's really the central and outstanding imagery in this whole film for me mm. Um, through it, you get the sense of disaster, how this person came to be where he is. Uh, and it and it seems he was probably already in some kind of remote place um, when perhaps an atomic bomb went off nearby, perhaps. Um, and then you view the interaction between Victor and this other character through a heat haze, 
and sparks of the fire. Right. Um, down to the detail of how the characters respond to the fire. You know, it's warmth and comfort, for example, you know, stretching out their hands and whatnot. I mean, the detail of these effects is absolutely extraordinary and, I know. and mesmerizing. Uh, and that combined with the fact there is absolutely no talking and this, you know, this very sort of tinny soundscape and the crackling of the fire, you actually get really immersed in it really quickly. Uh, I think anyone that's ever sat and watched Bush TV, as we call it, um, will immediately get a sense of, of the immersiveness that comes over the, over over you when you are watching fire. Um, it, it kind of feels believable, and from a from the the characters um, the character reactions, you definitely get the sense of of being near that fire too. But there are a few things that I'll mention. Um, uh, when I went through the film the first time, and without really reading anything around it, I wasn't really sure whether the character was male or female. It's interesting, Ricky. Yeah, neither did you, I. Yeah. Well, you you said it was a woman as well, and my first th thoughts were that the person was actually female. Quite I don't mind. Thin. Yeah, and you as well. It's really interesting. Um, so, you know, quite thin. Um, you know, obviously, given the scenario, that would be accepted. You know, skin quite scarred and grey. Um, also, really, you know, that was all quite appropriate to the story. But I think perhaps. Some of the features on that might have been what what um, led us astray a little. Um, you know, the skin was um, was a little bit shiny. The eyes were quite large and bright, and the hair was a little bit vagabondish. You know, think um, what's her name, Frances McDormand, mm -hmm. uh, Land um, type thing, uh, and this kind of large jumper. Um, and the, and you know, bearing in mind two thousand days, the clothes were really quite clean being uber picky here um <laughs> uh, for this kind of postal uh, apocalyptic sort of then right. and then the the hair and lack of it is that what you would expect um for for somebody uh 2000 days into a a disaster uh, it was, you know maybe too short and too tidy perhaps i don't know I, again being very picky um but overall i think it was the eyes that made me think about the gender of the character and so um when I was um, when I was uh, you know going going through it, it, it it's that kind of genderization that actually made me quite curious about the ending in particular and reflective of that sort of scenario and how the circumstances could or might drive anybody to do anything. Um, but I think I was really shocked by the outcome, and I guess I was too. Mainly because mm. I don't relate so much. To women being the ones to do those kinds of things, I don't know. That was maybe that's my inherent sort of bias showing. Anyway, I still didn't really question the gender choice even at the outcome because I thought what I saw in the face of that character at the end was was shock at their own choice. Um, and it's only when I read the description that the name of the character made me realise I probably read more into it than perhaps there had been intended to be. Or maybe, or you know, or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was right all along. I don't know, but I certainly, it, you know, when I went back and thought maybe that wasn't wasn't female but male, maybe, maybe I would have thought about that in a slightly different way. I don't know. Mm. Um, and now I've noticed when I think about it, those those very bright eyes, kind of in a way that I've picked up on the, on the teeth 
a few months ago. Maybe they are too bright and a little too glistening somehow. Mm. Not not really reflecting age that well, perhaps. Um, and I think it's something that I will probably revisit when we talk about um, another film later this month as well, Alone, which, which um, I think suffers from a similar kind of challenge. Right. Um, now, there's a really nice description of Sam's pipeline to create the film uh, and the tools he's um, he's used, which I'll, I'll put a link to. And is he's also um, given quite a lot of comments about his use of character creator, which is on Reillusion's website. And obviously it's okay. the, the, the pitch and produce um, link as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was really intrigued by this one. Um, really great pick, lovely film. Yeah. Um, just with a few little things that I kind of... Little things, right? Little things, yeah. No, and they no. are only little things, I think. As you were talking, uh, two ideas occurred to me. Um, you always have interesting things to say, and it makes me think... Uh, you you oftentimes see details that are so obvious, I slap my head and go, why didn't I see that? Uh, but two things occurred to me. One is the director chose not to put this in an urban setting, but rather mm -hmm. a natural setting in a forest, which I think actually made the intimacy between the two even better. Mm -hmm. But it also had an implication for the story that perhaps the cities have been destroyed. Yeah, the urban environment has been destroyed and they've all gone to survive in the country. The other point that I'd like to make is that there's no real music in this. Mm. And a traditional professional company may have added all sorts of swelling orchestral tones or a or a chamber thing or an oboe or a cello or something like that. And I think that would have ruined the movie. Uh, so I applaud the director for choosing to just make the natural sounds and, um, you know, the, 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 the feet stepping on leaves, the crackling of the, as you say, it created that focus on flame mm -hmm. and its sound. And I think that was just a marvelous idea. Yeah. Perhaps a little more sound could be added to it just a bit more, um, maybe wind could have been interesting yeah um there's a there was also missing an ambient tone which is always a good thing to put in a in a film which is the sounds that are there that you don't recognize but are part of the scene going out in the middle of a forest and getting an evening and taking ambient sounds i think may have added a bit more verisimilitude to the to the scene but i'd uh, niggling 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 fantastic choice mm. uh, thank you damien for picking this i'm Thanks. glad you both enjoyed it uh, i thought you probably would when i watched it i thought yeah this is the right oh one. yeah oh yeah xsens was used to do the motion capture now xsens i've done articles on them and have met with them and everything they're a fantastic company, but they're expensive um, to be able to do their mocap. It appeared, it occurred to me that I wonder what the mocap would have been like if you went with a cheaper uh, mocap or uh, Gasp did it as traditional animation inside of uh, Real Illusions iClone. Would do you think it would have affected the believability of the? animation um well i've got 
uh, perception neuron motion capture suit, which is one that is on the cheaper side of things. <clears throat> and if you're not careful with it, you can get some very messy results. So you have to, when you're using it, you have to perform your actions very carefully to get a smooth result. And you can do the That's cleanup good. and everything afterwards. So it depends on how much effort you really want to go into in acting out the scene. Something like this where the characters aren't moving that quickly, I think it'd be all right. But I think the accent suit, it shows that even though it's more expensive, there's, you're paying for something better. Yeah, I, I don't want to this perception neuron because I really like my suit and I've got a lot of use out of it. And I know that this is mine's the first generation one and they've evolved since then. But um, I think uh, motion capture suits, they take, you can't just put it on and come up with an elaborate scene and expect it to be perfect straight away. You have to take right. time to to learn what the suit's capable of right. and what you're capable of when you're wearing it as well because that's another thing. Um so I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see, but I think the accents was probably the right way to go. It's um, just the majority of, of machinima filmmakers are not going to have the money to be able to buy an XN suit. So true. if you wanted to do a film like this, would the results be severely hindered by not having such a, a sort of high-end motion capture? I think the choice of a lower-end suit or doing it... Um, hand animation or using stock animations i would go with the lower end suit if that was my choice right and i, I realize some people listening might not even might not be able to afford that as well either but if you have the option uh, a lower end suit gives you a lot of potential because you're not using stock animations or having to spend a lot of time hand animating these scenes because the way mm -hmm. those characters move there you have there's a lot of detail in what they're actually doing so trying to do that by hand would be a huge undertaking Yeah, to try and the get the same level. Right. The difficulty would be in the facial animation, I think, yeah. um, which was what the standout for the scene for me. Yeah. Um, you, you could edit it in such a way to disguise the fact that you don't have a high-end suit uh, by doing simple animations and using darkness and light to cover some of that stuff. But I don't think you could do that facially. That That would be... That might be hard to do without having something a little more expensive. I don't mm. know if you're uh, some listening and you know a lot about motion capture, let us know, contact us and tell us whether it's possible to do this on a less expensive suit. Did you have some thoughts on this, Tracy? Well, we have put some um, information about different mocap systems on the blog, um, including um, using mobile phone to do body mocap. Um, uh -huh. And there's something called Move AI, um, which has recently come out. And I'm, I was, as we were talking, I was just trying to find if that's free or or whether you um, you have to pay for it. I haven't in my head that it's free. Move AI, uh, and it's it's um, marvelous motion capture, right? And by all accounts, is really good and um, links in well to Unreal Engine five. Um, I think we've got some really interesting options for mocap on the blog, which I would encourage okay. you to have a look at. And I, and I think, you know, as we get down the, the, the path of, um, you know, a lot of folks trying to think about how they um, tap into the Unreal model, free, freemium sort of model. Um, I think we're going to find more and more of these kind of 
traditionally very expensive and accessible inaccessible tools becoming very low cost to use and very much more sophisticated than they were a few years ago and i think this so. is a you know is an example of a suit that's pretty expensive you know i've bought the ipad software to be honest that's quite expensive too um you've got the rococo suits and all of those kinds of things which are you know you t you're talking several thousand pounds to do all yeah. of that yeah, and if yeah, you yeah. can access stuff for free or very low cost or you know sort of by i you know by uh you know short period of animation or type of animation using a mobile phone for example i mean that makes using mocap so much more accessible to a much wider range of yeah, of um, creatives um and i agree with Damien. you know if you if anything whereby you don't have to spend time doing all the detail of, of the animation yourself by including mocap then you know my guess is that it makes it just a okay. much easier thing to do and it's more than about the acting than it is about the tech side of yep. it yeah yeah so Damien, yeah go my ahead just to finish off the motion capture, why once I got the suit and I learned how to use it, I adopted the idea of using it to animate every character in every scene to give each um, film I'm working on a very unique feel. So if I were to use a stock animation of someone talking, that's going to be in other people's films as well, which is nothing wrong with that. Right. But you can, with the motion capture, you can give yeah. each character their own little unique twists and that motion is going to be completely unique to your own film um and, and I, I do like that as an option the only thing i don't do is stunt work because i don't want to damage the suit so <laughs> right, if someone's being thrown across the room or in the air or something there's no way i'm doing that <laughs> right <laughs> not to mention yeah. you'd injure yourself as well there's that too i guess that's important too not to injure myself well, we'll we'll think a little bit more about uh, mocap, mo and maybe Phil can add something when he when he comes back. Yeah, so, Damien, right. you've got just a little extra that you'd like to share with us. What is it? Um, this is one. So, uh, the remnants. I wasn't looking for a film, but <clears throat> when I was looking before I found remnants, this is one of the films I came across, um, and it was not something I expected to see. It's so earlier this year there was a, a Star Wars Lego video game release and it, the game recreates all nine films, but with Lego characters instead of, like, you, you know who each character is, not, you know the Darth Vader and right, the, the right. Luke Skywalker and everything. Um, but they're all little Lego figures and it's kind of got a cartoony style to it because obviously the, the style of the toys. Um, and I did not expect to find Machinima made with that game. And of course I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, so someone has kind of they've taken a, a kind of a, a complex, a needlessly complex plot point from Attack of the Clones, and decides to poke fun at it uh, by just pointing out how ridiculous it is. And What's the title the of the film? Attack of the Clones. Oh, this this particular film is so Palpatine needs Padme dead, um, and he's it's basically. The assassination plot for Padme at the beginning of Attack of the Clones, uh, which is like it's the first ten minutes of it, and it just shows how completely ridiculous it, and over the top <laughs> the, the plot was. And, and this is the resulting video made with Lego, which just makes it even funnier to me. Right. So, what do you guys think? 
Well, it's got that that TikTok uh, vertical framing, uh, which I think is very amusing already right off the bat. Um, It's excellent voice acting. I thought that voice actor was terrific. The humor uh, is a style that doesn't particularly grab me, but I can see how it would be very, very funny to other people. It's a quick, a short, and effective project. Um, an idea that somebody put together on the slides, perfect for machinima. Uh, I would like to see more work done um, in this vein, this sort of parody vein of popular news or popular films. We need to have parody in order to laugh at things that we think are overly serious, you know, and this guy really caught it uh, perfectly. And also the idea that plotting uh, 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 traditional plotting by prose can oftentimes be labyrinthine and silly, you know, and I love the way they poked fun at that. It's a perfect little film. It was terrific. Great choice. Yeah, I have to agree. It was really good fun. Um, actually made as a, as a YouTube mobile short, not a, not a oh. TikTok. Yeah. Um, and the, the remit for that is it's 60 seconds, but what was quite fun about it was it, it's looped. So you kind of got this thing, you know, view, viewed on ad infinitum, really. It's kind of like a recursive expression of Star Wars characters involved in this plot. Um, so, you know, kind of a, a fun little Lego explainer, some really quick and dirty acting, I thought, some, you know, quite demonic um, humour in places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was speeded up. Um, and my guess is it was speeded up to hit the six, 60 second marker. Oh, I see. I see. Maybe. I don't know. But that's my my guess. Um, so, yes, it was fun. Almost too quick to see much. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, isn't, isn't there some overlay of text on it as well? Um, so so you're kind of or do I have I misremembered that? Anyway, so it's, it's, it's kind of like it's almost it's not exact subtitles, but it's kind of. A bit, a bit of subtitling. Subtitle-ish. Yes. Well, that kind of detracted from me looking at the, you know, what 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 the characters were doing because I was trying to keep up with with what what it was um what it was doing what it was saying. That's why they looped it so you could see stuff that you missed the first time. I think I watched it about ten times (laughs) (laughs) before I kind of figured out. So and and of course Lego is perfect for this. Um, There's obviously no real features to, to look at on the characters. So, you know, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a great, a great choice of a, of a, a form for, for doing what, what was done with it. Um, and yeah. I thought, thought was really interesting. But the other thing is, I guess what's, what I think is really quite interesting is how this medium is being used. Um, and in this case, it's kind of clearly a taster of the material on this creator's YouTube channel, cinematic, Series gaming is the is the channel, um, and basically, therefore, what it is is an ad. Although it's not clear if he's being paid out of YouTube's creator fund for this, because instead of paying folks from a, a share of ad revenue, shorts, as they are called, don't currently use the same model. Um, YouTube says what they want to do is build the future of the short form video first. So I guess it's competing with. TikTok on this, as you kind of suggested. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's obviously a growing medium, but only really something you see where folks have content already, presumably, um, 
or or, or short form skits is is basically their thing. Uh, and what 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 intrigued me was this guy's wrapped up, or he had when I looked at it, five point seven million views. Holy moly! I have to say, ten of which were mine. <laughs> um, and it was only released on the 29th of September. Um, and that, and you know, that 5.7 million was that was when I was looking at it in the week. So my guess is it's, I don't know, six, seven million by now. Um, I don't know. I was kind of intrigued by the format as much as I was of the content and the way yeah, yeah. the guy was using it. Um, and I was kind of wondering, you know, maybe we should do one of those to beef up our channel a bit. But then again, I thought, you know what, we can't do anything in 60 seconds. So that isn't really going to help yeah. us very much, is it? Yeah, yeah. So what was can... the uh, director's name of who did this? Well, they, they were called Cinematic Series Gaming. Okay. Um, as, I don't know a, a name beyond that. I didn't look at name. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that, that's the name of the channel. I don't know the name of the actual director or the voice actor. Right. Got it. Terrific choice and a yeah. wonderful contrast to uh, the remnants. Mm. Um, I was very impressed with that, Damien. They're really the best choices of the month, I think. Oh, thank you. Yep. All right. Well, that's our show. Uh, thank you very much for uh, watching or listening. Um, you can see links to the remnants by Stan Patrick's and So Palpatine Needs Pod May Dead uh, on our blog uh, and our show notes. Uh, thank you, Tracy, for doing that. And uh, other than that, uh, let us know. Contact us. Talk at completelymachinima.com. We'd love to hear from you about mocap or about these films. If you're the directors, contact us. We'd love to talk to you about them. We think these are excellent films. So that's it uh, for this week. We'll be back next week um, for with our last film for November. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.